We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Alright, doing a little different this time. Welcome to the Season 4 premiere of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And we have a new theme song. Uh, it is one that is called a Heat Wave, and it is done by, well, myself. For the first run of this song, this debut uh, run, I am not going to be talking over it. I'm going to let you listen to it, and then we'll get on to the intro. So here it is. Welcome proper to the Season 4 premiere of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. I'm Coolio, if you don't know. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was the very first song that I've made in Fanny Tracker. And, uh, I think it turned out pretty well. Please let me know what you guys thought. 
Uh, you can let me know on Twitter at SquareSim uh, or a variety of other different ways that will be explained at the end of the show. Uh, for now, let's uh, start off as we usually do and take a look at what is going on over at Low Bias Gaming. And uh, since it is the first episode, I'm going to go two weeks back. So we're going to be starting with Jason with uh, two, four new episodes of Tales of Fantasia, as well as six new episodes of Secret of Mana. Uh, for the Low Bias Monthly for June 2019, which I don't remember the subject offhand, um, oh yeah, por ports that missed the point. So a port of a game that really wasn't that great. Uh, he has played Mortal Kombat for the Master System. That was an interesting experience. Um, also, five new videos of a new uh, playlist here, Book of Demons, which I believe he streamed a while back. Uh, it's sort of Paper Diablo, I think is the best way that I could put it. Of course, the 365 days of the Super Nintendo still going strong with the latest episode being Soldiers of Fortune and uh, some more, uh, ah, some more uh, soundtracks. There we go. Soundtracks. That's the word I was trying to come up with, with a lot of Megazooks games lately uh, with my help. Uh, including uh, Zooks three, uh, 2, 3, and 4, and Cans, and um, most of this month is going to be um, playlist for uh, Megazooks games, so this is going to be kind of interesting. Alright, I think as far as intro stuff goes, that's about it. Since I did have that extra song in the beginning there, we are going to go straight into From the Archives, and this song doesn't have any of its own music. This game doesn't have any of its own music anyway, so it's not like we're missing much. Widely considered to be two of the worst Megazooks games ever released, Blue Buckaroo has little to no plot and is riddled with wide open rooms with no direction, inside references, nobody other than possibly Bob Keller Keel Basis, the author's friends wouldn't understand, and tedious challenges. In these two games, you play as Blue Buckaroo searching for his stolen donkey in the first game and then ridding the world of the evil that is Steven's go-kart in the second. So this is Blue Buckaroo. Uh, it is a pair of games for Megazooks, uh, created by Bob Keller Keel Basis. Um, one moment here. Sorry about that. Come on. There we go. Um, so yeah, a pair of games by Bob Keller Keel Basis that are not very good. Um, to say the least. Uh, I have played these quite some time ago. They're available on the Low Bias Gaming website, lowbiasgaming.net, and hopefully I've made them a little entertaining to watch.
That was Depths by Echo Lane, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And, uh, well, the theme song isn't the only one that's changed for, um, for the show. This is also the new song for News of the Weird. Um, and there is yet one more new song to discover during this episode, and we'll get to that, well, around the end of the show. You'll see what I'm talking about. Anyway... As usual, I do not read these stories ahead of time. Some of these may not jive well with all audiences, but they have been scanned for objectionable content. Uh, This segment is usually about 13-15 minutes long, so take that as you will. Our lead story for today, inexplicable. In Yoho... uh, Yoho? Yoho in a bottle of rum. In Yokohama, Japan, near Tokyo... One can visit the Unco Museum, and a whole interactive. Ex- <laughs> Gotta get back into the groove. A whole interactive experience built around cute poop. Unco means poop in Japanese. Now you've learned something today. For example, reports the Associated Press, one can sit on a colorful fake toilet and pretend to poop as music plays and collect a brightly covered souvenir poop to take home. An enormous poop sculpture erupts every 30 minutes, volcano-like, and spews little foam poops. In one room, visitors can play a whack-a-mole type game where they stomp on poops. Visitor Toshifumi Okuya was delighted. It's funny because there are adults running around screaming poop, poop, he said. The museum opened in March and will remain open until September. When everything will have gone to poop. Um, at least that's what I figure. Suspicions confirmed. In the College Station neighborhood of Pulaski County, Arkansas, traditions run deep, especially when it comes to the 4th of July. Benex Christopher, 19, told KSDK that the holiday firework war uh, has been going on for years and even attracts people from other neighborhoods. They know when 4th of July comes, this is the spot to be at. But this year, the ritual went awry, resulting in many injuries and several people facing charges. Christopher was one of the victims. It popped right here, he said, pointing to his groin area. And it could have been dangerous because I almost lost everything. Let's not get into detail. Instead, he suffered a second-degree burn on his thigh, but feels lucky that he didn't lose any fingers, as five others did. When police officers arrived, uh, people started pointing fireworks at them, leaving two deputies with injuries. While a local pastor hopes to shut the tradition down, Christopher vows to continue it. We started the tradition, and now we have to keep it going, he said. It's tradition that makes it okay. Anyway. (laughs) Next story, Walmart shunning. For the most part, I can get behind that. Uh, An unnamed woman pulled a stunt in a Wichita Falls, Texas Walmart on June 25th that got her banned from the store. I'm not sure how they're going to uphold that ban if this woman doesn't have a name. According to NBC News, Police Sergeant Harold McClure 
said a store employee uh, reported that the woman had eaten, eaten half a cake from the bakery, then attempted to buy the other half for half price, saying she found the cake in that condition. While Walmart did not want to press charges, they did prohibit her from shopping at the store in the future, a policy they're familiar with after an incident in January at another Wichita Falls Walmart. In that case, a woman rode an electric cart around the store's parking lot while guzzling wi uh, wine from a Pringles can. She was also Walmart shunned. That's living the life, viewers. Viewers? Listeners. That's living the life. How about some least competent criminals? Well, at least one of them. A, a craving for cake batter ice cream brought New York City police officers to a Baskin-Robbins store in Coney Island on June 29th. A fortuitous detour, as it turned out. The Associated Press reported that when 33-year-old Emmanuel Lovett walked into the shop and tugged on his denim shorts, a loaded pistol dropped to the floor, and officers swarmed Lovett, who, it turns out, had a robbery record that prohibited, uh, pro prohibited him from having a firearm. He was charged with criminal possession of a firearm. No word on whether he or the officers enjoyed their ice cream. That ice cream craving, man. Some would call it death by chocolate. Well, if it's chocolate anyway. Telling it like it is, a diner in Little Rock, Arkansas is getting attention for a clever menu item. According to United Press International, Mama D's offers a My Girlfriend Is Not Hungry option which adds extra fries, chicken wings, or cheese sticks to an order to share with a dinner partner who under underestimates their hunger. On its Facebook page, Mama D's said the option is, quote, a solution for those who tend to dine with people that eat food off their plate. I'm not sure that I agree with the name. I definitely agree with the concept. But I'm not sure that I agree with the name. Might want to look into that. Family Values. On July 6th, Okaloosa County, Florida... Uh, sheriff's deputies responded to a 911 call after a 13-year-old boy stabbed his 15-year-old brother in the arm three times with a multi-tool. The boys from uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, were sitting in a parked car in Crestview, Florida, when the incident occurred. Lieutenant Todd Watkins told Fox News that the younger boy was, quote, tired of his brother picking on him and, the, uh, and told officers he'd, quote, rather be in jail than eight hours in the car with him i stabbed him and i don't care about going back to jail he said back wait what you okay while the 15 year old was in the back of an ambulance being treated he was overheard calling some of his friends to retaliate against his younger brother the 13 year old was charged with aggravated battery with a deadly weapon There's, there's always going to be sibling rivalry, but dude, it will pass, I assure you, I assure you, just say no to violence, and also just say no to this. 
An Independence Day holiday in Bodega Harbor, California went terribly wrong for a group of six friends who rented a house there. On July 4th, 32-year-old Batai Coffey of San Francisco indulged heavily in LSD, taking four doses over the course of the afternoon. He became delusional and violent with his friends, who were trying to prevent him from leaving the home. After assaulting several of his housemates and wrecking a rental car, he took off on foot and came upon a security guard. Coffee plucked a landscape light out of the ground, Sonoma County Sheriff's Sergeant Spencer Crum told KTVU, and stabs the security guard with the metal end of it, as is quoted, knocking the guard to the ground. Coffee then stole the guard's pickup truck and ran down two different couples as they enjoyed an evening walk. Finally, sheriffs and highway patrol officers arrived and Coffee aimed the truck at them and accelerated. A CHP officer fired his gun, striking Coffee three times. If this guy had kept going, who knows what he could have done to other people, Crum said. He was just blatantly going after people, driving after them. Eight people were injured, but all are expected to recover. Our next story, Dumb and Dumber. According to WHDH, two men were transported to the hospital on July 6th after both were shot in the foot while they cleaned a loaded homemade, ca homemade cannon in a basement in Epping, New Hampshire. Friends drove Albert Dion, 56, of Nottingham, New Hampshire, and Christopher Crafton, 52, of Amesbury, Massachusetts, to the Epping Fire Station mm, Excuse me, in the bed of a pickup truck. The cannon, made from a barrel of a, a muzzle-loader rifle, had been loaded and failed to discharge, so they were cleaning it. A likely story. Um, speaking of likely stories, Redneck Chronicles. Oh boy. Okay, the first mistake was letting Matthew Morrison, 44, sleep in a tent on your lawn. A home over... Uh, home over? Homeowner in Crestview, Florida, allowed Morrison to bunk on the property as a favor to someone he was trying to help. But things went south on July 6th when Morrison entered the home without permission and threw lighted firecrackers under a sleeping nine-year-old girl's bed. That's rude. Um, the homeowner chased Morrison out of the house with a stick. Morrison told Okaloosa County Sheriff's deputies it was a, quote, prank gone wrong, but the little girl was left terrified. Rightly so. Lieutenant Todd, Todd Watkins told Fox News, uh, I'm not sure what he was trying to accomplish. The prank thing didn't really sound like it was a legitimate reason. Well, maybe this had something to do with it. When Morrison was arrested, officers found two grams of methamphetamine in his pocket. Morrison had a prior criminal history, including drug charges. He was charged with burglary and possession of methamphetamine. That's a problem. And our final problem is sweet revenge. That does seem like a problem too. Serena Wolf, 24, was about $5,000 mad at her boyfriend, Michael Crane, for his refusal to buy her a plane ticket for her return trip to New York, the Tampa Bay Times reported. So she used his credit card to pay for an expensive breakfast at Clear, uh, Clear Sky Beachside Cafe in Clearwater, Florida on June 27th. Really expensive because she left a $5,000 tip for the waitress. 
Initially, Wolf told Crane the charge wasn't hers and he reported it as fraudulent, but the restaurant had already paid the server the $5,000. Wolf of Buffalo, New York was charged with grand theft after, admitted, after admitting that she was the big tipper. And yeah, no kidding. Um, I remember this song called Hit Em Up Style, which seems very similar to this sort of thing, except that it involved infidelity, so not exactly the same thing. Here's some slightly less weird news. Um, the Coast is having their Best of Halifax thing that's going on right now. Um, nominations are going on, but not for much longer. They're going on until uh, Monday, so Ju July 15th. And um, I would greatly appreciate it. I don't see having much chance, but I would greatly appreciate it if you would go to thecoast.ca and nominate Square Wave Symphony for Best Radio Show and or for Best Podcast, whichever one that, uh, that you prefer to do or both. I mean, every, every little bit helps. And also CKDU uh, for best radio station, especially for best radio station for local music. Um, again, it's, it's not very much, it's more or less a recognition thing. And as far as Square Wave Symphony, I would be honored if I were, if I was to be, um, nominated at least, at least get on the ballot. That'd be cool. So that's enough about that for now from me. So I just wanted to make a little mention of that if y'all want to chip in. Anyway, we do have the weather to talk about as well. Um, so looking at, a, uh, looking at 17 degrees and light rain right now, um, Looking at possible thunder showers late this evening and overnight, possibly going into the morning. Fog patches developing early this evening, amount 10 to 15 millimeters, except 25 millimeters in the areas of heaviest rain. Wind southeast, 20 kilometers an hour, gusting to 40, becoming east, 30, gusting to 50 after midnight, and low, a low of 16 degrees. Tomorrow, raining ending in the morning, then mainly cloudy, risk of a thunder shower early in the morning, fog, pa fog patches dissipating in the morning, amount 2 to 4 millimeters, wind east 30 kilometers, gusting to 50, becoming light in the morning, high of 23 with a humidex of 38, UV index of 7 or high. At night, partly cloudy skies and a low of 15 degrees. Sunday, July 14th, a chance of showers, 60%, a high of 22, going down to a low of 16, and cloudy periods at night. Monday, July 15th, a 30% chance of showers, and a high of 25, going down to a low of 16, and uh, cloudy periods at night. Uh, Tuesday, July 16th, a mix of sun and cloud, and a high of 26, going down to a low of 16 degrees, and cloudy periods at night. Wednesday, July 17th, a 30% chance of showers and a high of 22, going down to a low of 17, and a 6% chance of showers at night. And Thursday, July 18th, a 30% uh, chance of showers and a high of 23 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, and let's get some music going, shall we?
That was Okome Taro with ZOC Chupiti. Um, I believe that's specifically Game Boy cover. cover. Yeah. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And the way that I prefer to start a new season is by having a little conversation with someone, and I have someone with me right here. It is uh, Mike Montgomery. Howdy, sir. And for anyone who uh, out there who might not know who Mike Go- Montgomery is, well, who is he? I'm a member of the Halcon Cosplay Street Team. I run uh, Real Geeks, a local uh, movie review show through uh, Geeks vs. Nerds. And I'm probably most known, at least in the local geek community anyway, uh, for uh, Addy the Adipose, a character that I run uh, kind of online uh, through social media. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll get to uh, Adi the Adipose in a little moment here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Real Geeks first, just quick conversation type of thing. So Real Geeks, pretty much a movie review show. Um, Basically. And that is run uh, be- mostly between, right now, yourself and uh, Paula? Uh, right now, the main hosts are... Uh, like you said, myself and uh, Paula Sepp, who I met through Geeks vs. Nerds. From time to time, we will also have uh, my buddy Trevor Batson on, who's the guy who originally created the show. Right. I've pretty much taken it over <laughs> simply because I had the equipment for editing, and he's had a kid and just doesn't have the time to regularly host anyway. Yeah. And we've also, as of uh, last month's show, added GVN alumni and host of uh, My Gender is Cinema, Mickey Gorman, who's basically our regular fill-in now. Nice. And of course, I've been on the show once as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I will literally grab anyone from Geeks vs. Nerds who's available (laughs) when we're recording. But it was definitely fun to be on the show. You know, like, really, as I said to Mickey at the end of uh, last month's episode, really, all I ask from people is have fun and project. There you like, go. If, if you've had a good time at the end of the recording, then you did it right. There you go. <laughs> uh, what would you say was, was your favorite movie that uh, you have watched while doing Real Geeks? Well, we kind of have a, a running gag on this show about how my taste in film is such that as a reviewer I should not have any credibility whatsoever (laughs) because like last year's of the films I was able to see the best film I would say was Upgrade uh, which for those who haven't seen it or heard of it is basically Venom if it was done right (laughs) but my favorite from last year was Robin Hood the, oh the, the Taron Egerton-led... What was really, let's be honest, if you've seen the first season of Arrow, you've seen Robin Hood, because that's what the movie basically <laughs> was. Fair enough. 
and it's 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 not good, but at the same time, it's hilariously entertaining. For cannabis, so bad it's good type of thing. Oh 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 yeah, this like this is all style and no substance to it whatsoever. <laughs> Alright, so that's uh, Real Geeks, and as mentioned, can be found on uh, Geeks vs. Nerds, uh, the YouTube channel Geeks vs. Nerds, and um, that's about it. Eh? Uh, yeah, we're uh, a new episode every month, unless someone listening is willing to take over editing for me. Fair enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> literally, putting the show together basically consumes an entire weekend, Fair and... Enough. Unless I can pass off the editing to someone else, I I just I can't do it more than once a month. Yeah, that's that's like, definitely reasonable. Yeah, no, like I would, God knows I would love to, but. <laughs> All right, so on to your um, more well-known project, as uh, as you would say, uh, Addy the Adipose. So first of all, what is an adipose? Uh, the adipose are an alien race from the British TV series Doctor Who. They were in the fourth season premiere episode, and es- essentially they're uh, little balls or globules or whatever word you want to use of sentient fat. Fair enough. Uh, the premise of the episode was this company, conveniently named Adipose Industries, was selling these diet pills that would guarantee that you would lose like a pound a day without having to actually exercise or put any effort into it whatsoever. Sounds convenient. Oh, it sounds convenient. It sounds like the perfect diet plan, (laughs) except for the slight detail that it is amazing how often people overlook this. It will kill you. Oh, that's a problem. Because like the way it works is the pill is essentially an adipose egg. A, like, a signal would be sent out from the company building that starts a chemical process that would create the baby adipose. The problem is, the full process, which is called uh, parthenogenesis, at full power will consume fat, muscle tissue, bone, skin cells. Pretty much everything. Oh yeah, no, like, you, they, you can literally kill like tens of thousands of people with the flip of a switch. Lovely. <laughs> so, where'd you get the idea for Addie the Adipose? Uh, well, what happened there was, um, summer of 2012, I had, uh, bought my first Adipose doll at the, uh, sadly since-closed Quantum Frontier comic book store. May it rest in peace. <laughs> I decided when I was getting ready for Hellcon 2012 that I was gonna put it into my coat pocket since I predominantly cosplay the 10th Doctor. So I figured, okay, no, I'm just I'm going to stick this doll, kind of wedge it into my coat pocket just to kind of change the cosplay up a little bit and make it stand out because quite simply at that point in time there were still a number of people uh, cosplaying as uh, David Tennant's 10th Doctor. Fair enough. And what I was found over the course of the con was the one thing that got more of a response than anything else was my adipose. Like, that was what people were going gaga over. <laughs> and there's that moment, like, you kind of can't help but go, okay, I may have something here. I have no idea what to do with it. <laughs> so this was also the point where 
I started getting more and more involved with Halcon in terms of like parades and community events and so forth. So I showed up at the Parade of Lights, got the same response. The Adipose was what everybody went nuts over. <laughs> Spryfield Christmas Parade. Again, same thing. <laughs> so I started thinking, kind of going, like, okay, what could I do with this? And it just happened that a friend of mine and a fellow cosplayer had started briefly doing her own character with a dollar store uh, Santa puppet that she had called Inappropriate Santa. <laughs> Inappropriate Santa. And I'm going to tell you all right now, this is going exactly where you assume it's going. <laughs> oh boy. But that was what made me go, okay, maybe I should try social media. So I created a Facebook account with Addy, and contrary to popular belief, the name actually does not come from the alliteration of Addy the Adipose. Hmm. What it actually was, was I work in childcare, and at the time at the center I was working, uh, we had a little girl named Addison. Okay. And I always called her Addie, and I just happened to like the name, and this was an op easy opportunity to reuse it. Oh, that's kind of cute. <laughs> and yeah, like there's that, and there's, I mean, there's also the, the Stanley rule of characters having first and last names that start the same. Yeah, true enough. It's also pretty catchy, I would say. Oh, yeah. No, you, you always want something that's, like, easy to remember. Yeah, absolutely. So, come 2013 Halcon, her Facebook, I think she had about 70 friends or so. I probably just started Twitter. I'm not even sure if she actually had Twitter followers at that point. Hmm. But I had also come to the idea of, what if I had this cosplay prop that also cosplays? Which at the time, which at the time, to me, for some reason, was just funny. <laughs> and so I started uh, putting together uh, little bits and pieces of basic costumes. Uh, like she showed up in a very, very basic uh, Jane Cobb from Firefly. She, like she had the hat and a, a rifle from a dollar store action figure that I had painted up to look like uh, Jane's famous rifle, Vera. Hmm. And that year, yeah, I think I had also kind of started a bit of a Star Wars association with her and gotten some lightsabers from Build-A-Bear, a pair of sunglasses and a hat, doing a very basic, like, Sith apprentice. Yeah. And it turned out, at the time, even that was good enough because over the course of the con that year, she got more photo requests than I did. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, it's like, here, go ahead. I don't care. There you go. There was a point where I kind of went, okay, I, well, I gotta expand on this a bit. And I started um, kind of just developing more and some more simple costumes or like props that I could figure out something with. Like her first Pride Parade, I had basically raided the dollar store. <laughs> And she walked in the parade as basically a raver, like R rainbow boa, Kanye-esque sunglasses. Oh uh, she a little like a little uh, like literally a baby soother that she was wearing as a necklace, which considering she has no neck or shoulders is kind of an accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah. And then eventually it eventually got to the point where. In order for me to keep the character and the, the cosplays growing and developing, 
I was gonna need help because I hit the point of being beyond my very limited skill set <laughs> very quickly. So I went on the uh, Helcon costumers group and asked if literally if anybody would willing to help me out. And that was where I met uh, Karen, her first costumer. And r right away, that's when Addy basically went like probably two or three levels <laughs> beyond where I would have been even remotely able to take her. Nice. She's had quite the adventure. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that we, we could we could regale the audience with stories of her adventures for hours, but this is a one-hour show. This oh, yeah. It's like a 15, 20-minute segment. <laughs> yeah, no, like, Twitter alone, I could probably fill at least 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's a fair amount going on in that Twitter. Oh, yeah, it's not, it's honestly not the dark cesspool that people generally think it is. <laughs> Segments of it are not that far off. I will not deny that. Well, I, I was, I was more, I was more looking on Addy's Twitter account, not Twitter in general. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, look, tw Twitter in general can get, it can get really dark if you let it. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, it's like any social media, Oh, yeah. Really. Oh, but I mean, like, even then, I'm always looking for things that I can b kind of build into her character. Yeah. I was, uh, I did an uh, employment workshop back in uh, February when I was uh, briefly unemployed, and one of the things that came up was this study about how people who play video games where you're playing is, like, your own, like, a your own generated character tends to be more confident than others playing with like pre-generated characters. Yeah. And the, the logic being is that you're essentially playing as your idealized self. Yeah. I think in a lot in a lot of ways that's really what I've been doing with Addy. When I was first trying to figure out what type of character I wanted to do, it pretty much came down to how could I use this to kind of fulfill needs in my own life. <laughs> the daycare that I was working at when I was first uh, conceiving the character, I was very, very, very well known uh, for my uh, dry, sarcastic sense of humor to the point that I didn't have to even bother thinking of jokes at work. Oh, I could yeah. just open my mouth and get the reaction. Oh, jeez. Which, on the one hand, makes life real easy, but on the other hand, there's no challenge to it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it can get very boring very quickly. So I felt like I kind of needed an outlet. <laughs> so one of the first things that I decided with Addy was that there would be no filters. I would say whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, and damn the consequences. Oh boy. <laughs> and that's actually one of the, probably one of the things that people have appreciated the most is seeing this character who has no filter whatsoever. There you go. Like, I've even had at one point a gentleman in Ontario who messaged me to more, more or less thank me because with this character who has no filter, it inspired him to kind of step up and deal with his mental health issues. So I'm, I'm sitting there honored as can be, <laughs> but at the same time, I also couldn't help but think of that old Charles Barkley, I'm not a role model ad campaign. Yeah. Because Addy should not be a role model for anyone ever. Yeah, that's probably true. As as glad and honored as I am that people have 
taking kind of a positive strength from her. Yeah, it's pretty much a given she's going to offend people too. Probably so. But still, I would call that a pretty good candidate for uh, best character in uh, the Best of Halifax competition going on right now in, uh, for, for the coast. Since I've been bringing it up earlier in the episode, that is going on, and I believe that Addie is running for uh, best character. She's in the running for best local character. Yes. Uh, there are other categories like most Halifamous, best Instagram, best Twitterer. Which, if anyone from the coast is listening, for the love of God, please change the name of that category. <laughs> it should, like, it legitimately should be best tweeter. That is true. Like, best, best Twitterer just sounds bad, and it's hard to say. <laughs> best Twitterer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, like, with all that said, I've been focusing my campaign on best local character. Right. Uh, mainly because, quite simply, after, like, four years of trying, uh, that was where she finally got onto the ballot last year. Nice. And if that's where people are going to put her then I have no problem putting my focus there. All right. Well, um, I, I do hope that uh, Addie can get on there again. Um, and, uh, of course, as a reminder, I am also trying to get on that ballot as uh, best radio show and or best podcast. So, you know, if you want to lend a hand, then I would definitely appreciate it on that front. And, of course, if you can uh, vote for uh, CKDU, as uh, best radio station for local music. It's always much appreciated. Yeah, every little support. bit counts. Uh, so other than Addy the Adipose, where can people find you? Every month on uh, Real Geeks. I also usually show up in GVN's uh, Team Nova Pokemon Go Community Day videos. When you see Halcon cosplayers in a parade, or at uh, local community charity events. Odds are I'm gonna be there, there uh, one way or the other. Uh, if you see uh, the 10th Doctor, that'll <laughs> be me. Uh, More than likely. Well, at this point, yeah. at this point, that character around here is pretty much mine. Yeah, fair enough. Um, at, the, at the con itself, I'm of course not the only person cosplaying the 10th Doctor, and yeah. I have no problem saying that there are people <laughs> at the con who do some wonderful work. Oh, yes. Uh, but uh, over the course of the year, if you see the 10th Doctor, it's going to be me. Yeah. All right. So um, that's about all the time we have. So I do thank you very much for, uh, for spending some time with me today. Oh, thank you for having me, sir. And if people want to find Addy on the internet... Yes. Uh, literally, you can probably just plug in Addy the Adipose in the search engine of whatever form of social media you're on, and you'll probably find her. And that first name is A-D-I. Um, I'm predominantly on, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, she does still have her Facebook account, uh, but that never really took off to the same degree, so I'm not as focused there. Yeah. Otherwise, addythedipose.weebly.com. That's her homepage, and literally anything you could possibly want to know is going to be there somewhere. All right. 
Alright, so that's about all the time for this. So thank you very much, Mike, again. And um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. But let's get some more music. Uh, so you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax. Je m'appelle with Engaging with a Demon, which is from the album Music 9824. And uh, that brings us to the end of this show. So I hope that you enjoyed it. Hope that you're enjoying the new music that I have for a few of the segments. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can keep this momentum going for another 40 or so episodes for this season. Um, I'm going to keep doing this as long as I'm having fun and no one says I can't. Um, so, I'm here, guys. And I'm bringing you the music. And right now I'm rambling, so I should probably get on to the end credits. That'd be a good idea. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by Yuris Miai, Manama Namiki, Noriki Kimikura, 
Twilight of Defect, Whalebone, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7 p.m. and The Vinyl Factory at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim, that's S-Y-M, or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Square Wave is one word on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or whatever podcast app that you prefer. It's probably going to be found there. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time. Oh, 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 oh,